So let's talk uh, about why the debate about God is important. 85% of the world believes in God or a higher entity. And when we explore the meaning of life, God is important. Religion, founded on the basis of what its followers should do and not do, set up a system of guidelines that are followed by majority throughout their entire lives. God, as a supreme author, authoritative figure, gave meaning to the existence of this majority. And this makes the debate about God so important. Well, if you're actually even thinking about uh, the importance of God to this debate, uh, God, uh, even as an idea, it permeates throughout the whole of human civilization. So there are so many statements and all of those statements, whenever there is a statement which embodies belief in any way or uh, a strong emotion in any way, it is always connected to God, if you see. Belief is such an important part in uh, the human experience and God is the ultimate embodiment of the idea of belief and faith. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. We can agree on the fact that this debate is important. Uh, now as an atheist, I'll say this. Whenever I am debating with anyone about God, uh, the definition of God is something which just flies around and it you're not able to really corner anything down because the definition can change around so easily. We should uh, corner down an, an episode, uh, on a definition that we can all agree with for this episode. Yeah? Cool with that? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So what I was thinking, because we want a God who will help us in our quest for meaning because season 2 is all about searching for meaning, right? What is the meaning of life? Well, so a God that would give us meaning is first of all a God uh, who is personal to us in a way. So a God that has set down some rules for what is moral and immoral and who actively wants us to do something uh, and uh, abstain from doing something. And if we do something positive or if we have a net positive karmic uh, account or whatever, then we get to go to heaven. And if we don't have that, then we have to face some consequences such as rebirth or death or whatever. So there is some whole huge system he has put in place uh, for humans to act in a certain way and live by his guidelines. Right. And he has a plan for everyone. Right. So this is the kind of definition that we're looking for, a personal God. This God might be a conscious entity, it might be just a spirit or a universal energy, whatever. That is uh, not something which we're really debating about. It's just a God which provides meaning to humans by being interested in their personal lives. So I think without any delay. So basically um, the entire biological world believes the entire cell theory believes that life comes from pre-existing lives. Life cannot combust without like extreme circumstance, like one in a billion chance that life can be created without anything else. But other than that, life comes from life. This proves that God exists because God has created life. No, no, no. I'm saying it the other way around. That God doesn't exist and God did not create us and life comes from pre-existing life. So what created a pre-existing life? One in a trillion chance. See, because what you're speaking about here, it sounds a lot about like this uh, argument of creation of pre-life and something like that. And 
the thing is that the existence of free life the one chance in one of a million sounds too much like a miracle and personally i don't believe in miracles so if you've heard about this probability well yeah but one chance in a trillion is also considered to be a miracle as well right so there was this experiment that was uh, carried out in 1953 by Stanley Miller and Harold Ray so what they did was uh, there was this brilliant scientist called Oppen Halden so they had this idea that organic molecules could spontaneously produced be produced under reducing conditions so now it is considered and it is thought that in the earlier times the earth the early earth had this reducing condition so the entire atm- uh, atmosphere was uh, reducing in nature so what miller and oreded was that they built a closed system with like a heated pool of water and a mixture of gases that were thought to be abundant in the atmosphere of the early earth that is uh, water ammonia methane and hydrogen and to simulate the lightning they produce uh, they provided a spark energy from electrodes and uh, with that and high, very high temperatures they managed to create the first biological molecules right in that entire setup so they made various types of amino acids sugars lipids and other organic molecules so this kind of proves that even without pre-existing life there was something scientific that built it up right. from there Yes exactly and when you think about earth earth is nothing but a planet which is covered 3/4 by water like a beaker filled with multiple chemicals in the perfect conditions for mixing and interacting with each other plus earth had rain and it had lightning and everything so that created the lightning discharges themselves provided energy to the chemicals for reactions to take place and so on and then when we talk about the thermo vents underground that had released lava heat and sulfur and a lot of other phosphates they of course gave a lot of um, endothermic reactions the energy they required to react exactly as well so things that even with all of this i find it hard to believe that something not as god does not exist because even though i do not believe in miracles and even though i feel that uh, the entire life came from no pre-existing life that came from simple inorganic uh, basis i still believe that due to the perfection over here i uh, i'll speak about the goldilocks zone over here so it's basically a narrow range where the life supporting planets are called to uh, set to be set to exist around uh, a sun so it's basically neither too hot nor too cold so the fact that earth was present right over there and the fact that as malha said just a while ago about the one in a trillion chance of earth being perfectly made just to ensure that the uh, that any kind of life begins i find that every single thing that distance from of earth from the sun to be perfectly tuned and perfectly tailored just so that life could exist it's it's not only that but the universe itself now we all know that universe can uh, universe is constantly expanding right so even if the acceleration at which the universe was expanding was like 10 seconds slower or 10 seconds faster the universe would either uh, be consumed by itself or simply they would explode out right so all of this it's so beautiful and it's so systematic and it's so very proportionate that very fact says that there's something out there that is actually tailoring the entire world and the entire universe so what you're really arguing is 
not about life comes from life you are arguing about the argument from fine tuning well uh okay so basically what you say is that uh, yes exactly God is responsible for creating uh the circumstances which give a uh, rise to life and sustain life in this universe now yes. what, I, what i ask you uh, is this right suppose that such situations did not exist okay okay then you would not exist no of course not and you would not be conscious enough to process this or hypothesize true now if there are an infinite number of universes and if there are an infinite number of possibilities that there could be multiple universes with uh, you know some would have would expand 10 seconds faster they would all have different situations so you would only possibly exist in the universe which is capable of sustaining intelligent life which is capable of sustaining intelligent life or we could exist in parallel universes which have the exact same rules as our universe you can only exist in a universe which is capable of sustaining life out of all the universes there might be multiple of those there might be just be one of those but you'll exist in a universe which is capable of sustaining life and you'll be wondering wow this is such a miracle because i'm existing in such a universe that is even assuming that it that other kinds of universes are possible maybe it's just that a universe exists out of out of necessity and there is just one single kind of universe the theory of multiple universes has not been yet proved right it's it considered zero science yeah but if you're talking about uh, you know the universe could have been just this much different or just that much different you know so i think maybe what we're talking about is uh, Uh, it has gone from beyond just the fine tuning argument to also to the cosmological argument i think it was first given by immanuel kant uh i believe diva has was telling me something about it do you would you care to elaborate the first argument about cosmological existence of god was given by aquinas in italy in the 11th century that was the very first person to actually have a very scientific approach compared to his time so his argument basically had five points in which he considered the natural theology of the world for explaining the existence of god which had stuff like argument of motion causation contingency degrees and what not so what argument sabya was giving right now sounded like the argument of contingency so what contingency basically means in philosophy is ki you could have not existed and that couldn't have mattered so if life had to exist in any universe it doesn't matter how the conditions are it might have existed regardless if it had to exist if it was a necessity and not right it wouldn't have mattered to the universe as a whole that okay earth exists there's a kid named sabya there's a kid named alha no one gives a <laughs> yeah i mean in the entire if like if we calculate the entire life of the universe within one year we don't even appear for one second on the calendar on the last day so akina's argument basically ended he assumed that everything had a starting point so like so we don't fall into this infinite regress of psychological and physiological bullshit he assumed that there had to be a starting point so what infinite regress basically means is everything has a starting point or if it doesn't have a starting point there is a pre-existing form of it and you keep following that chain of thought and it never doesn't end it cannot logically exist because it doesn't 
start or end it just exists so the cosmological arguments always ended with this ki acha since this is here it had to start somewhere so god started it but then there's a obvious problem to this that uh, who started god then yeah exactly no, that's what you're talking about the world right and um, we already know that the big bang started the world it's proven as well yeah but then the, it's not proven that the big bang started the world there is nothing like there is no proof to literally any discussion that we okay, do big bang did create the universe right no it's not proof it's, it's an argument dude it's not like hardcore proof if you say do have a lot of arose from the singularity then still you know they you create the question that where did the singularity come from yeah so we fall into this infinite regressive thoughts again then i ask where did god come from and then theists will say that god just exists you know no one created god god just exists god is beyond time i believe in that argument honestly i feel like humans created god for their own personal need yeah well so yeah that is that is what we are arguing about exactly okay okay Yeah. Uh-huh. So I am against that argument. So, I feel like um, humans were hunters and gatherers, and when they started farming, and they started settling at one place, and they needed rules and laws and some kind of regulations to govern themselves, they created the ideology of God. And at that time, when the ideology of God was created, religion was the judge, jury, executioner, everything. Very sociological perspective on how societies basically function in our current era, which is of fear that something, if I do something bad, something bad will happen. Yeah. If I do something good, something That's... good will happen. I don't get that. I'm sorry. That's Just... like the divine theory again. Ki everything good and bad stems from the idea of God, because humans need something to fear. in order to move and function properly in a society that is the most interesting argument because it uh more than just arguing about uh, whether or not god exists it just says that we need god to exist you know because if there is no god there is only chaos and yeah what i was saying was god also gives validation for those who do good and you know guilt for those who don't and that was the way how things functioned back then and things still do to an extent i think the first ever nihilist to ever no the first russian philosopher i forgot his name he was the one who came up with the nihilism ka theory in the 19 something something i'll give the name bad hi yes we na and he said ki if there is no god the human society won't function that's why nihilism and anarchy see as such a bad thing for our society right now and we are already heading towards anarchy in a way without like having some sort of control over people because humans are sadistic and masochistic at the same time psychologically so it without having a person or a thing to fear everyone will do whatever the fuck they want to do that means roaming around naked in the streets making out with i don't know cows and dogs who knows yeah, but so, if you really look at european society right uh god as a deity that matters hasn't existed there for quite some time and still uh you know the society might have grown more and more cynical but you don't see them descending into complete anarchy uh, that's that's the in europe right uh, the genuine thinking capacity of a human is encouraged because the societal structure of the area is like that there is more influence of art okay And Jason is telling me the definition of anarchy. Anarchy would mean that there anarchy is basically a democracy taken to the extreme where everyone every man for himself 
and every man has their own voice but no one is really there is no order that would be complete anarchy ontological argument is in my opinion is the argument which gives the most perspective into about this whole debate okay what the ontological argument so there there are number of ontological arguments that have been given throughout history it has been given by aquinas also it has been given by descartes spinoza kant uh, all the big big philosophers have given them right and so they all have a similar structure which goes and i'll give you one example and there are some arguments which are way 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 more complex than this but this is just the general structure so they say that uh so it's you know it goes point by point and they it uh it's kind of like a rational argument or like a mathematical proof where you have uh one uh, axiom and then you have another axiom and then you combine them and you know so the first axiom which they give is that god is a being which has every perfection okay and uh they say that even a fool would believe this that god is a being which has every perfection if the god is god as a idea of a being second they say that uh, existence is perfection okay third they say that uh, god is a being uh, which uh, is greatest uh, and there is no greater being than god fourth they say that god exists in our uh, conception and god exists in our imagination fifth so if god exists in our imagination but there is no greater being than god then that means that god a creature who has every perfection and existence is a perfection would have to exist in reality and you just see okay well they've taken axioms and they've made the proof but maybe they've skipped a step here or jumped to something i mean how, how do you get this you know Yeah, I didn't quite get the fifth step. How you got to the fifth step from the fourth one? He just got high, man. That's it. <laughs> He found off mushroom somewhere. I don't believe in ontological arguments for God because um, for ontological arguments, they, you have to presume that God already exists. Exactly. So it's almost like it's And begging the, the question. You know, so the atheist, what he will do is he just reject the first initial idea. That's why this argument is not persuasive. So if you want to convince an atheist like me that okay, you know God exists, and I'm going to prove it to you right now, and I'll be like, yeah, come on, throw throw me your best shot, and you'll be like giving the ontological argument. It's just like really seriously, man. That's what you've got. So what really is being argued over here? It's basically the burden of proof, right? So one side says that God does not exist. Prove it. The other side says God exists, and we'll prove it. But the thing is that the burden of proof lies, you know, lies with both of them. As such, it lies with the God, fear, uh, the God. Sorry, I can't use that term. You have to cut that, you know. The burden of proof that the God does not exist lies with uh, atheist people, while the God proof that the God exists lies with theist people. Right. So in the end, we. will keep on going in circles when it comes to the proof of god and existence of god as a whole but i feel that there are different other theories also that actually give a better explanation a better kind of uh, balance between both the theories of theists and atheists so what sabya says is really interesting here because i so i was raised in a school which was very very conservative and it uh, it was a 
school by a certain religious organization who I won't name here and the thing which I often saw was that uh, when you're having this kind of a debate uh, generally you just uh, assume something and then you try to refute that assumption so as we uh, take in mathematical problems right we assume something and then we try to refute it and then we refute the refusal and so we say that okay no but so therefore this thing uh, exists so basically if you're a theist you'll say ki uh, you'll ask the atheist you come up with some proof and you tell me and if your proof is good enough i'll change my uh, standpoint and then they would come up with some kind of proof but there is really no kind of conclusive proof as we've seen from so many different arguments because there is always some kind of loophole and so then they'll pick apart that loophole and they'll be like no your proof is not good enough and so they reject that proof and the atheist will do vice versa and that's just how it happens but essentially if you see it the what the atheist is really doing is they're trying to look for the best naturalistic explanation for any particular event and uh, i think arya was telling me something about this arya you want to elaborate about that no uh, there is actually this theory in logic that uh, the simplest possible explanation is the best possible explanation which again explains why most of the people believe in god but uh, whenever we debate about god i think the question for proof of god uh, is mostly irrelevant and that's why most people just try to uh take their beliefs to extreme and always prove themselves that they are right because again this question is irrelevant to them and to you for me what matters is what god represents and i think what god represents is at that point you just cannot have debate it is what it is uh that's so, i agree with you there hmm. so i think uh to get the best possible explanation for something not the easiest one but the best possible explanation for something we need to go beyond god and as i said uh, i i told this to kesha i think nihilists are hypocrites and uh, theists are delusional <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> i know i mean what hypocrite the person anyone who like advertises the fact that they are a nihilist is a hypocrite yes because if nothing matters then you are actually telling something that matters which is nothing and it clashes the entire argument it's just no, if nothing matters you should just give up suffering if there is a nihilist he just shouldn't exist no oh, i wish i couldn't exist now i've tried that so many times and it fails miserably uh nisha is nihilist i think you said there is a new wave of nihilist philosophers yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not really nihilism you know it's more like I want to do something. No, not even existential. I want to be unique, so I will give any excuse to be unique. And that unique, a concept will lose meaning because everyone's trying to be unique and advertise their uniqueness. Yeah, often that's what you see with nihilists. So they're just people who are uh, wanna be and they like they wanna be edgy and that they yeah. do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. mostly teenagers why is it always teenagers <laughs> who can live off their parents who can live off their parents money and they're like hey you know it's cool we're nihilists because we don't I need to really do that either you know i've got a very fucked up life damn well, we we won't we won't go into depth about diva's uh life yeah but diva uh, i wanted to ask you about uh 
you know the concept of belief what what is your opinion about that so what i feel that sometimes is right humans in general need something to latch on to their entire existence and their concept of what good and bad could define and henceforth we came up with this concept of god and belief and you know trying to live for a reason and finding meaning for whatever we do in life right so it's just that it's just a societal structure that we formed for ourselves because we need we, because we accept we are more accepting of fear than acceptance in general we are more accepting of fear than acceptance in general yeah that's why see if you if you human society was more accepting of the idea of accepting things around them we would not be having a lot of religious extremism that we are facing right now or any extremism in that form because you are the idea rather than trying to prove your own point every single time and that's why this entire thing clashes around because we are more accepting of an idea of fear around us if we fear something only then we would be able to function properly yeah yeah i get what you mean so basically uh, i was i was actually even thinking about this and uh, so i was watching shindler's list the other day i was thinking you know what can drive a person to this level of cruelty and then you think about it is just that they simply reject the other person and they see the other person as different from themselves and for humans if something or someone is different from us that is enough to be cruel to that other being you know exactly. so that is how non accepting we are if something is different from us we reject the man in religious organization i've seen this all the time if you're different from them uh so when you the same as them there's all this uh positivity and all this uh, you know brotherhood and the moment you're different from them in any way boom it reverses on you and i won't name this but back in i think uh, 2000 the early 2000s uh, one of my uh, father's close personal friends he was uh, rumored to be gay and he was ostracized from the organization just because there were rumors about him being gay and he was like i'm not even actually gay is just that this rumor has been spread about me and he was uh, removed from the organization and his whole uh, income and livelihood depended uh, on the people who were in that organization because that was uh, the whole contacts that he had and he was in a business which kind of uh, relied on that so he lost everything that was really human really more testing of an idea ki if we are having if you if you and i feel the same thing come on we are friends then no problem it's fine but see if you are a different thing than me and i'm not accepting of the idea you can fuck off i don't care he kill you <laughs> so that's why we need some kind of belief to uh, kind of hold us steadfast in whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's how the society functions right even right now even if we all step into say absolute anarchy and everyone's a nihilist nihilist in quotes even though there is no te- technical definition of it because it changes every single time and no, even then we'll I have something to fear it might change it might not be god i believe that uh, religion separates people more than it brings people together like right now the amount of extremism we are seeing in our country in other countries around the world it's crazy man it's not about having having 
people come together or being separated because of religion it's because having multiple because of having multiple religion and every religion is fighting with themselves to prove the superiority so the solution to this would only be having one religion no i don't think so it's having more religion <laughs> but then there are problems with that so like deepa just said we need some kind of belief or religion to hold us together and what arya said is not having a religion wouldn't that counter so we don't need religions explicitly to have belief na ha that's also true yeah never mind move on cut kar do and that is kind of a problem with belief right so if i may interject over here so if you guys have read the book sapiens so you might have come across a statement in there that says that uh, humans do better than animals despite being physically less powerful than most of them just because of our ability to create and believe in myths and those common myths develop trust and wider cooperation amongst us so for example over here is human rights like they are not natural laws right so they are not physical but they have been formed by humans thus myths to have a more organized world so what do we know about religion religion it's basically a belief right it's basically a belief of every single person every single person has a different belief and that has created created sects around the world so religion right now is merely a set of rules that guided individuals throughout their lives and while the thing uh, the thing that revolves it back over here is that religion started in the same manner just like myths did and they had a greater impact and they were not preached as laws made by humans but as laws given by a higher entity right so the all knowing and the all seeing and these laws led up to societies and even countries following a proper hierarchy and a set of rules so religion basically developed like this common belief system that led to trust and cooperation and in the past as we know like every problem it was dealt with a religious solution ki agar uh, for example if someone's daughter is not having uh, children or someone else's uh, cow is not giving milk they'll be like uh, pray to this god sab kuch theek ho jayega everything will be okay but now we know already that science and technology has taken over everything and we know why droughts and earthquakes and wind storms they are, they are all scientific phenomena and they are not the wrath of god any so yeah so that's the concept that i want to revolve around that belief and believing in the end the importance of belief and believing for the society as a whole it's incredibly important just to make sure that they unite together because if we don't have a particular set of beliefs or we don't have particular set of rules that we all comply with then won't the entire society fall into complete disrepair i agree yes but i also feel like the rules should not be based on fear and validation instead they should be based on justice and uh, ethics although yeah, ethics this came from something now and that something for like current thing is god what is this modern society where killing people was all okay they just go out kill a few people and that was all okay yeah. till a couple of years ago and some places still it is yeah it is but like in a wider sense like pick a first world country and then people that if it is go kill fuck do whatever you want just come the duty duty once a month that's it well does a belief even hold up if it's not based in anything so the beliefs that have stood the test of time they are beliefs in a certain higher entity if there is no higher entity will that belief even hold up in mind the entire world changes then yeah possibly beliefs don't necessarily have to have any logical reasoning per se it's from our experiences it's from what we accept to be true but not what necessarily is true 
Yeah, but we're not talking about individual beliefs. We're talking about a belief that, uh, you know, is existing socially and culturally. It's a common belief which is held by and shared by many. Can this belief subsist without uh, being based in something that is external to the experience of humans? That's what we were talking about, right? God is a necessary belief because we fear the unknown and we need someone above. to be in the no i mean god is like if you lose hope in existing in general and there's nothing to latch on to you'll just descend into this absolute you know crazy state of mind you lose your mind in the end because you have nothing to hold on to you don't have any reason to like go forward in life or do anything for that sake why is it so why why do we need god to have any sort of meaning in our lives because we've given this entire idea so much bhav since like the you know beginning of societies in general that we are just used to this idea i think there is a virtue in uh you know skepticism just as much as there is in belief mm-hmm. and Okay. So basically, what what we arrive to right now here is that you know if you believe in God, there is a way for you to take meaning, and you have a belief, you have some entity which you can uh, take your life's meaning from, and you can take morality from. And because of this, you have a significant advantage, but there is also disadvantage in the form that as the times change, uh, you. just might not keep up to it some of your beliefs might be ill founded and you might be brainwashed without even knowing it but again if you don't believe in god there are a whole host of complications and you have a big journey to undertake and a lot more questions to raise and attempt to answer this is a whole mega branch of philosophy but that's what we're here for and that's what the season 2 of think aloud is for and this is just the first episode and we have just begun so stick with us for the next episodes and we're going to explore this whole thing together think aloud over and out